just realize it's also time not to keep doing the polarity of inner and outer, but rather begin to realize it's just one movement of loving. And what we're doing here in meditation is waking up to that movement of loving as it truly exists and moves throughout all of creation, even into the physical level. Because that's who we are as a soul, is that movement of God's loving into this physical creation, right into the body, right through the imagination, through the emotions and the mind and the unconscious. We are that movement of God's loving through every level of this physical creation, emanating directly from the spiritual realms. The soul that we are in our knowing and our oneness with God. And just know that this pathway that you've chosen, that you keep choosing every time you look within, that you meditate, that you receive and share loving, that's all a choice. Every action you take in that is a choice. You don't always have to just say, God, I choose you. By your actions, your choices are known. And in those choices, that movement of loving takes place. And it is through that movement of loving that we, as we pay attention, truly begin to wake up and begin to know through our awareness what that loving is, how it works, who we are in it, where we've come from, and where we're going, or shall we say returning, back into that heart of God, as we say in words. But always better to experience it rather than just hear the words. And just know that this pathway we're doing now is the same as it's always been, that it really is an action of God's grace, that which we call the sacred name or the Word made flesh, is a movement of God's grace as it extends out of the spiritual realms and into this physical creation, into every realm, from the etheric down through the mind, the causal, the astral, and into the physical, right through the spiritual teacher here physically. And why there's great value in even having gatherings like this, in the East, they often call it the Twaji or the Darshan, the sharing of that grace of the Master. But as you know, the real Master is the Holy Spirit. It's God's loving that expresses in and through, no matter what level the form resides. So even here on the physical, as we share, it's to extend that grace to the soul in the physical creation to receive that, to assist the soul in its journey of awakening and liberation. This pathway sometimes been known as a path of redemption. And what is that but the salvation, the return of the soul. And it's through that action of the Holy Spirit that is the grace, that is the redemption and the forgiveness. All the forgiveness, even baptism, it's about forgiveness, initiation, receiving that grace is also about forgiveness. It's forgiving everything that stands between us and God, 
but really forgiving ourselves for all that we've held against ourselves that we've placed between ourselves and God. And realize why it is so important to have that sacred name and to meditate upon that name daily. Because without it, we ever live in a place of judgment and fear. And that's just how this creation works. What our minds, imaginations, and our emotions and bodies do, that's just how these levels work. Don't expect them to change. Loving is of spirit. The mind, the emotions, imagination, and body are of this physical creation, not of spirit. So don't expect those to be transformed or changed, but rather look at the action of grace and the sacred name and initiation as an avenue by which God has extended its grace to the soul, us, in this creation as that pathway of liberation. That's the true redemption. And that is simply an action of grace that as we allow it, it works with us to free us of all these actions of the mind, emotions, imagination, and body that would keep the soul always ensnared and caught up and trapped through the games of this world. So it's important to understand, very important to understand, when we're truly seeking God and liberation, this action of grace that is extended through the sacred name and that living word. It is all about that. Not the teacher personality-wise, but the true teacher, the Holy Spirit-wise. That radiant form we speak of. It is important when you close your eyes and go inside and hold your focus here at the seat of the soul to look for that radiant form. I don't care if it's a purple or blue light or a golden white or if it appears as myself or Jim or God directly. It's important to honor that, to make it sacred for you and to realize the journey you're on here. But that's up to you to do. And we're here to share that. I know how that action works. It's not me, Brian, or even the soul that I am that works with you as initiates to support you into your liberation. That soul is just the vehicle by which the true sacred word that is that extension of God's grace to express. When I go inside and I wake up and experience myself as an action of grace as God is working with each of you as those divine sparks returning home. I know what it is. I know it's not me. And I know that movement of God's loving, literally the voice and the sound of God that moves in me and through me to those souls that are really walking this journey, that have called out, that have invited God in, that have chosen back and received that sacred name. It's important to understand now. But you see, as that light and sound of God works through myself or Jim or any spiritual teacher of this pathway, you'll often see the teacher in the form until you wake up fully into the soul realm. Until then, you'll see the form. So honor that. Love that. 
But know what that is, is that it's a form by which God extends and moves that light and sound that is the grace. When you really wake up and allow that radiant form to work with you and truly surrender to it, place your loving and devotion there, well, in that, God can lift you through all these realms in this physical creation back into the spiritual kingdom. And there in the spiritual kingdom is where you will wake up and then begin to see and know this action directly between you and God, not between you and the spiritual teacher, but between you and God. And know that the spiritual teacher is simply that extension or vehicle in which God works in these creations of the physical realms. That's all that is. And I know that. Jim knows that. Any teacher knows that. In a sense, they're the puppet, God's puppet. God uses us, sometimes abuses us. Well, not really. But it is in that use that that pathway is known and is shared and the grace is extended for the redeeming of the soul. I'll tell you what, without it, we're ever entrapped. Believe me, haven't you noticed your mind and emotions, that ego nature, the imagination, our desires and wants, our fears and judgments are not going to let up on us? Has anybody experienced those levels of consciousness letting up on you? They don't and they won't because they know without you, the soul, they have no life. And so they're going to do what they can to stay attached and to hold on. But you, the soul, inviting, focusing, allowing God's grace to be with you, to be in you, to work through you, by doing that, you are allowing them, that loving, to release you from the attachments of the animal nature. They're not going to let go. And believe me, your relationship as a soul is so intimately connected and bound through the mind, emotions, imagination, and body, the whole animal nature, the ego structure here, that it's asleep. And we don't have to be proud, at least not proud enough to admit we've been caught in the game, that we got attached. We were tricked by the great deceiver, Lucifer, Calmer Engine, all the other wonderful names. And if you haven't done it yet, go Google or look up the word Lucifer and the real definition of it. It's actually quite a beautiful light that Lucifer means. And I share the word Lucifer. I know Jim likes the Indian name, Cal Narenjan, because we use the Sanskrit names to honor that tradition in which that actions moved to us here in the West. But I use the word Lucifer because that's how my inner experiences are always relayed to me with that quality of God called time and space, a reflection, or Lucifer. And so I speak of it that way, so that you know, so that you know. Because until we're willing to give up our fears, we're not going to know 
We can't fear the name. Oh, don't speak his name. No, do speak his name until you can have authority over that name. If you can name it, you can claim it. When you have the sacred name and name it, you can claim the power of God that is in you. And that power is always greater than that name and that power that we call Lucifer, which is simply all the different expressions of the mind, emotions, imagination, and body. And that's, of course, where our struggles and pains, our lessons, our challenges all reside. But understand, this pathway, I don't care if we call it redemption or forgiveness, liberation, or just plain awakening awareness. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's what are we doing? What are our choices? And realize that in that choice you're making, and as you choose God, invite God in, and you really utilize that which you've been given, is how you allow that grace and the redemption to take place. And it truly does. And yes, it takes time. Yes, it requires patience and longevity and endurance. But if you look at it more as a process of relaxing into that place of peace and stillness, that's not the endurance or longevity of you're always got to be working so hard. It's not a marathon in that regard. It's simply a process of surrendering and giving up and letting go, forgiving. And in doing that, just know you are making yourself available to receive that loving grace that God is extending. That's it. That's it. So in some ways you don't need to ask if you're doing the meditation. That is the action that is greater than the words. That's a demonstration. So all the asking you do, that's great. It opens the doors. That's why we do Q&A. Because we know if you ask, you're going to open a door to allow that grace in. Well, maybe not always, because sometimes we ask for other reasons. <clears throat> Best questions are ones that opens the doors that allow God's grace in. But to realize what's important is your actions of meditation and loving and accepting and forgiving and your willingness to learn, to look, to respond, to have the ability to respond to your thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. Responsibility. When we shut down in fear, when we go into avoidance and trying to push away, we're not responding. And hence, no ability. But we all have the ability to respond with loving and accepting and forgiving towards all of the thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. But the biggest key is towards yourself because you're the one who is creating who's allowing all of those different thoughts and feelings to keep on going. But when we choose to forgive and let go and love the one who's doing all that, that's us. That's how the action of redemption then, then can take place. And then of course it's always easier to do the meditation because then not all the other junk is in the way. 
Every time we even go into meditation, we get frustrated. Well, that frustration is because we're coming up against all the things we've created through the mind, emotions, imagination, and the body too, that stands between us and God. We've created that. And so it's our responsibility to handle that, to handle it with loving and accepting and forgiving. But as I was just saying, even more so, when we can really love, accept, and forgive ourselves, the creator of all these thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions, is where the true empowerment and redemption takes place. And that's what the sacred name extends to us, is that power that gives us the ability to respond in the ways that we share here. Without that sacred name and the grace that is in that, doing the LAF and the taking responsibility will only get us so far, called the mind. Well, this journey is so liberation, we've got to be able to rise above the mind. And without that power that is in that name, we fall short. What do you do once you're able to rise to the surface of the mind, the ocean of life in this world? What do you do but float upon that ocean of life, being tossed by the winds and the currents of that ocean? It's not until we can reach up and are willing to be humble enough to call out and ask for assistance and help and to literally to reach up, to reach out to God in that so that through us taking action in that way, we now are able to receive that grace of God and that that radiant form then can come into that level where we find ourselves in this case, the example at the top of the mind and the waters, the Sea of Galilee, that was the storm. For those of you who have that reference. In which now the radiant form can come down from above and lift us to take our hand. Or in my case, I like to hug people and lift them up. Either way, it's the same action, but it is that action of the grace through the radiant form coming down, being extended to us, but us opening to receive that. Otherwise, it's not done. And if we're too proud, if we think we have to do it ourselves, if we think we just have to figure it out or get the next answer or get it just right or perfect, if we think that's what we need to do to receive that grace, to be lifted up, while well, we just make it harder and prolong the journey. You want the fast, simple, easy way? Just surrender. Just ask for assistance. Open up to receive that once you've asked for it as well. By the way, that helps. Not to ask, and then when it's extended, to say, no, no, that's okay. Or to even curse it or blame or judge yourself thinking, well, why can't I do it for myself? Why do I need help? Those are all the games. The mind and the emotions trying to create unworthiness. Devaluing the truth of who we are. 
Those are the games that keep us trapped. We've got to be willing to surrender that and not be proud. Not play the game in ourselves thinking we can do it all. But rather to realize we can only do it with God. Because in truth, we are always with God and one with God. Why would we want to try to do it ourselves and be separate from God? Think about it. Isn't this a pathway of returning back into our oneness with God? So why would we not invite God in? Why would we not do this with God? Why would we think we have to do it ourselves? Don't you realize in this world, all these codependent relationships we have are a reflection of our dependency or codependency with God? We are codependent with God. This is about communion, union. Not to be separate from, not to be independent and in that we do it all ourselves, but rather to be interdependent in dependence with God. And that's where the greater fulfillment takes place. And guess what? Life is going to bring us all the opportunities where we're going to work at it, work at it, work at it, until we finally realize we can't do it on our own and we finally give up. And when we do it and make it so hard like that, it feels like our life is falling apart. Everything's going to shit. The world's turning upside down on us. And we think that's it. It's over. Well, thank God it is over because that's the point where we finally truly give up. And then now become humble. It feels like humiliation often, but as you know, I like to say the word humiliation is humility in action because that's what it takes. And then the magic takes place because when we finally let down all of our walls of separation, now we allow God finally. And usually at that point, we're in such pain we scream out to God and beg for help and mercy and all that good stuff. And that's all right. At least we're finally doing it. But it doesn't have to get to that point where it's so miserable. But yet, a lot of times, that's what we do. But that's okay. That's why we have forgiveness, to forgive ourselves and to forgive everybody else and God for blaming them for doing this to us, not realizing being the victim is just another game. But that's why we gotta eventually forgive ourselves and then truly reach out to God and receive God's loving when God reaches to us. And then go along for the ride because at that point, that's where truly you'll wake up and know the action of the radiant form as it lifts you truly beyond now the mind and all of this creation and through that great void and into the spiritual realms. When you just stick your head up into the soul realm, you will be so exhilarated by the life in the presence of that loving creativity. It is so dynamic, so vital because it's life itself. But we just simply have to come to that place of peace and stillness to allow ourselves to lift into that vitality of that loving creativity.
So no matter how you look at this, as one of awakening or one of redemption and liberation, it's all the same. But do you know the responsibility of it resides with you, of how you want to do this, how you want to approach it, if you want to do it at all? Jim and I are here to offer our love and our support, our guidance, those techniques of meditation and LAF and taking responsibility. That's what we're here to do. But we're not here to make you do anything you don't want to do. But realize you need to freely choose it. And then it does get easier. It doesn't have to be so hard. Anything you'd like to share? I'll just add to that a little bit. What Brian's really talking about is the restoration, the action of restoring the soul back into its true home, awake and aware and living in its fullness once again and its truest nature of loving. Even in the Psalms it says, and he restoreth my soul. And truly it is God that restores the soul home. And all of you that have received initiation have been drawn into initiation because God is restoring you, is restoring you back to your true nature, to your true beingness, and assisting you in letting go of the illusion and the action of separation so that once again you can live in that oneness, live in the loving, live in the fulfillment, rather than living all that is down here. This is not fulfillment. This is not oneness. This is not loving. This is the realms of separation. And in separation, we are separate from all those things that we long for. And we're never going to find them in this world. It's only by going within and doing the meditation, doing the action of loving, accepting, and forgiving, and take responsibility for our actions, our reactions, our thoughts, and our feelings, that we can truly participate in this action of restoration. Ultimately, it's God that is pulling us home. Ultimately, it is God that is restoring the soul back into its true awake state within God itself. But we have to do our part, even while we're here. Our part is to sit down, close our eyes, go into meditation, go inside, chant the sacred name, and relax into the loving, and let the loving lift us up. And it will. It will lift us up above all these things that cause us the agony and the separation and the pain and the sorrow and the grief. And it will bring us back to that place where none of that resides. It is only the loving that is God that resides there. And that's where your soul resides, in its fullness. God is just trying to wake the soul back up unto its true self, into its true nature. All you have to do is awake from this dream, awake from this state of illusion that you believe is real. And the only way that takes place is to daily do action of meditation that assists you in waking up. And at first, those things that you see in meditation seem like fantasy, 
They seem unreal. They seem to be the illusion. But in truth, you're waking up to the truth. You're waking up to that which is beyond illusion and into the true. And the more and more you meditate, the more you're going to realize that that is the truth. And this is not. And when you do leave the physical body for the last time, you'll leave this physical creation for the last time. And you'll leave all this behind. You'll take the good with you. You'll take the loving with you. You'll take the lessons learned with you. You'll take with you how the soul can truly be a co-creator with God in a greater way than what you knew before you came into this creation. But you will leave this creation behind and not have to return again. That's restoring the soul. The restoration that all of us are truly longing for. We have to let go of the illusion, let go of the imagination, let go of all that we long for in this world. That's not always easy, but it's the truth. And the quicker you can let go of desires in the world and start desiring the truth in God and soul, the quicker you're going to find the joy, the happiness and the loving that you're longing for. What you long for is not in the, of this world or in this world. How many lifetimes have you spent chasing after all of that again and again and again, only to find that when you pull something back to yourself, your hands are empty. Your heart is empty. Start reaching out and take hold of the true. Take hold of that which is the sound current, the light and the sound. Take hold of that which is the movement of loving eternal, which is the Holy Spirit and your own soul. Your soul is reaching down to you with the hand of God to lift you up. But the roots often are buried deep in the ground and in the world and in the mind. And sometimes it takes great strength to pull up the soul, dislodging those roots that we have created for ourselves in this world. Just let go. Let go. Do not hold on. Do not dig the roots deeper. Do not keep trying to capture something in this world when there is no world, when there is nothing here to hold on to. Everything here is within the moment. And it's not permanent. I know a place where there is permanence, where every day is loving, every day is peaceful, every moment is filled with God and with you in God. That's the place you're truly longing for and desiring for, but the mind keeps telling you it's out in the world, 
It's in that person. It's in that building. It's in that job. It's in the world. And how many times have you gone and pursued all those things that the world has called you to do, only to find it unfulfilling, only to find it truly empty? Think about that the next time you don't sit down to meditate. That by choosing not to meditate, you're choosing into the world. The world that isn't really here. It's just an illusion. It's just a great dream. Choose to sit down and meditate, and truly you begin to choose into that which is true. You begin to wake up. The soul in you begins to wake up and look up and free itself of the connections of the mind and of this world. And yeah, you're still going to be in the body and doing what you do in the body when your eyes are open and you're walking around to do what is to do here. But you will also truly always be looking up and knowing the truth beyond all of this as you walk through the day. And that's a blessing. And that is something that everyone in the world is longing for, but do not know what it is they're longing for, and do not know how to get it. You have the tools. You have the grace you have that which will assist you in the awakening. Brian and I work on the inner levels as best we can to assist you in that action. But guess what? If we can't find you there, if you're so focused into the world and not in the spirit, there's not much we can do. We need you to do your part. God needs you to do your part for the restoration of your soul to take place. And ultimately, that will happen. God is not going to leave one soul behind, leave one soul in separation, leave one soul in longing and loneliness. God wants all of itself back in oneness once again. And that's what this pathway is about. The restoration. Restoring you back into that truth of you. In God. So every day when you choose to meditate, know you are walking that pathway that David walked so many years ago when he wrote the Psalms about the restoration of the soul of walking through this valley of shadows, but not fearing it, just walking through it in loving, in grace, in the action of restoring the soul. But remember it says, and he restoreth my soul. It's God that restores you. You just have to take action and make yourself vulnerable so that God can lift you up and restore you. 
And that's what the spiritual teacher is here to assist you in, of lifting you up and bringing you into that place where restoration does take place. It's a beautiful statement. He restoreth my soul. Let that sing through you each day for a while and see if it can't inspire you to begin doing deeper, longer meditations. Letting go of going into meditation and asking God for help. Or who's my perfect mate? Or where do I get the money from? Go in and invite God to come in and assist you in the restoration of your soul. And see what happens. Ask and you shall receive.